On this week's episode, we talk to Lewis Cassily from Albatross Capital. We talk about starting a new lender at such a young age, what Albatross Capital does, and much more. Like, subscribe, and now let's spend 30 minutes in finance. Uh, I'm Lewis Cassily, co-founder and principal of Albatross Capital. We are a award-winning bridging finance provider based in London. Uh, we've been going since 2020, founded by myself and business partner, Jordan Fernie Brown. Um, we offer everything from auction finance, uh, refurbishment loans, um, second charge lending, um, cash flow loans, um, everything except from kind of ground up development and land bridging. Um, that's kind of where we are from uh, 75,000 up to 10 million pounds. Um, we're currently a relatively small team of six people made up of sales guys, um, sort of back office administration and, and underwriters. Uh, and we're on a bit of a mission to, to disrupt the market. Um, we're recognized um, more so from a service point of view. Uh, the big thing for us is, is being quick uh, and being honorable and transparent in our approach, um, which is kind of the whole reason we got into the industry, which can sometimes be perceived as, as a little bit murky and a little bit dirty. Um, but myself and business partner are from uh, a regulated background and we're trying to, to, to bring the same approach to, to an unregulated sector. Uh, but yeah. so far, so good. So it'd be good to discuss a few things further with you today. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on, firstly. Um, and uh, that was, yeah, one of the better intros that we've heard. So <laughs> appreciate that. Um, for kind of everyone, again, listening, um, are we able to sort of turn the, the clocks back a little bit? And you mentioned, obviously, you came from a regulated background. What, what were you doing? And, and sort of how did you sort of go about deciding to actually start a lender of your own? Sure. So, so Jordan and I went, straight from we met, we met at school when we were 11 years old so we've been best friends for some time now uh and we kind of skipped the university and further education side of things and went straight into the city when we were 18 as stockbrokers okay. um it was it was an interesting time i mean we learned so much particularly from a, a sales point of view you know going in commission only 300 calls a day getting told to bugger off you know, 95% of the time you, you, you make your sales calls. Um, and, you know, I think it was kind of just bad timing for us, really, in terms of, you know, the market has shifted quite a lot uh, since you watch all of the, the stockbroker films um, over the past 10 years or so. Um, but, but what we found was quite quickly, really. So by sort of 21, 22 years old, we were running our own stock brokerage uh, out in Surrey. And... A lot of our kind of investors and clients were actually property developers. Um, so we were trading the markets on their behalf. It was a kind of diversification mechanism for them. Um, but from conversations that we were having with them, quite often they'd sort of come to us and say, um, you know, we're looking at doing X, Y, Z project. You guys are money managers. Do you have anyone on your books that, that might be able to come on as, you know, in a joint venture with us or, or lend us some money um, to assist with this project that we're doing. And it was happening quite a lot. And for a period of time, we were kind of matching up our investor network in the property space. So, you know, investor X would, would lend to investor Y and they would 
go into a property transaction and we were just kind of the middlemen sort of brokering transactions um and it became quite a integral part of what we were doing um and as it so happened a close sort of family friend of mine uh, down in exeter was also in bridging finance and doing very well and jordan and i kind of looked at each other as sort of young spunky 22 year old lads thinking why don't we have a go at this this seems to be a better a better business than than what we're currently doing trading the markets and not always being so successful at doing so so um it was looking back now it frightens me i must admit you know we were 22 in a garage in surrey um jordan's parents garage which we converted into an office it was kt11 on the outside and w1 on the inside we like to say and um we kind of looked at our investor base at the time and basically went out to them and said, this is the business model, lending money in a secured way against property to good people. Um, your returns will be fixed. They'll be asset backed, unlike trading the markets where things can go up and down every day. Um, does anyone you know, want to, want to jump on board with us. Um, and as it so happened, we had one investor who basically turned around and said, you know what, I'll give you guys a hundred grand if you pay me a fixed percentage per annum and to see what you can do. So we kind of went out, no lending experience, no underwriting experience, not really knowing which direction we were going. Uh, and just picked up the phone as we would as stockbrokers, um, put in a Google search, mortgage brokers in the UK, and made calls for about six months, I suppose, until we eventually found a deal that kind of fit our initial criteria, which was basically anything that of a hundred grand or less. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but but equally in that time, to be fair, what we did was kind of act more as um, kind of new brokers in the market. So we were going out and meeting lenders from from all shapes and sizes, really, and, and, and sitting down with them and buying them a coffee and picking their brains. And to be fair, from that, we were able to create a kind of initial business model, kind of learning all the, the do's and don'ts and right and wrong ways of, of running a lender um, from what we'd learned from some of our lending peers. So... Um, Eventually, as I say, back in, uh, this was 2018, uh, the first deal came in. We had a, a, a legal firm dealing with it. Um, and the whole thing took about four or five months to get over the line. But uh, eventually we completed our, our first loan at the age of 22. And looking back now, it was quite scary thinking, you know, we, we, we were, we would just, jump in the car, drive to the site, stick our finger up in the air and, and estimate our own values of the asset and lend accordingly. Um, <laughs> and and to be fair, as it happened, that, that particular borrower has been back to us five times since and the relationship's been great. Um, but, but yeah, casting back, I mean, that, the, the, this was pre-Albatross days. We, we have another lending entity which has become a little bit more of a private fund now called Edgley Finance, which we founded in 2018 um 
and we just well, basically operated as a, a bit of a lifestyle business for a couple of years. It was very much go out, find the deals, get the deals in, issue terms, and then worry about where we're going to raise the private capital. Um, and, um, you know, we, we made some some pretty dreadful mistakes along the way. And a lot of people kind of look at us now and say, well, you know, these guys clearly had it quite easy. They've jumped into the market. They've never seen a downturn. They've never, they've never had a loan default or a, or a repossession. Wait until that hits and then see what happens. But, you know, the first couple of years were so, so difficult, not only from, you know, trying to break into what is a very congested market already, but being 22 in a garage without a track record, without any significant deal flow, and certainly without any capital behind us, the main issue was was actually raising the money uh, to lend. I mean, the amount of times we had perfectly good deals on our desk that we'd issued terms on and gone out for valuations and whatnot, and then we got to ra raise the money. It was, uh, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, it, you know, it, it's it's kind of it all started from there, really. And it, it's been an organic process where Jordan and I have kind of retained, um, you know, sole, sole ownership between us and, and, and tried to try to grow it properly and slowly and make sure that we are always sort of walking before we run and, and not taking on unnecessary risks or overexposing ourselves to too many overheads or, you know, anything like that. Um and it's kind of got us to where we are. Um, but just to just to cast back, we were th th this was all going on for a couple of years, and then we were basically in discussions with uh, another party to try and ramp things up a little bit and and convert it from what we found was that sort of being young and ambitious, and we kind of made quite a lot of noise on. LinkedIn uh, and various social channels um, to try and spur business and, and create a brand within the industry. And our personal brands were starting to gain traction. Um, so we looked at it and thought, well, actually, there's a bit of an opportunity here, given what we've learned and what we've done to scale things up a little bit um, and maintain that sort of fast, reliable, lean approach, but on a slightly bigger scale. So I suppose by chance, more than anything, beginning of 2020, as we were looking to commercialize the business, um, we went through a bit of a rebranding where we effectively founded Albatross Capital, um, where we had a little bit more private money, we negotiated a funding line with Shawbrook Bank, um, who have been incredibly supportive from from the outset of, of of our journey in bridging finance right up until today, where they continue to to support us immensely. Um, and and then all of a sudden, COVID hit, and there was a lockdown, and a lot of people stopped lending money. A lot of people changed their criteria their terms pulling out the industry funding lines were pulling out you know it was a it was a bit of a, a dire time um and we kind of used that as an opportunity to say well actually albatross has has been formed we we were founded 
um, to help support the market during this difficult time. Um, we're heavily privately funded, so we make our own lending decisions. You know, come come and come and give us a go if your if your existing provider has has dropped off and deals need to be funded. So I suppose more out of luck than judgment. And COVID was a dreadful time, but dare I say, for us, it was it was an opportunity to to get a bit of a leg up um, and give us a little bit more of a an equal playing field in the industry. Um, and to be honest, that the the article that went out with bridging and commercial in April of 2020 um, just exploded and the phone started ringing like it never had before. And uh, and that's kind of really where things started to to, to properly kick off for us. Um, and then since then, it's just been a blur. I mean, I can't believe that was three years ago. We were talking about it this morning um, and it's gone from strength to strength for us since then, um, whilst, you know, having a key focus on on maintaining those core principles uh, of just providing the best service in the industry and ensuring that, you know, when a deal comes in, at the moment, we're lucky enough that it's Jordan and myself that, that make the lending decisions. So we gain a lot of traction from you know, brokers and, and borrowers being able to call us up and getting pretty much an asset, a, a credit back um, kind of agreement in principle there and then. Uh, and then the whole process is streamlined to to completion, you know, at, at whatever time suits the borrower more often than not. And it's that speed and, and reliability and, and trust that as you grow becomes difficult to maintain. Um, but it's why we're kind of going slow and steady and ensuring that that's, those service levels uh, continue throughout our growth. Yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting. And obviously you went on to then win... Um... I think it was the best newcomer um, in the right. Bridging Commercial Awards, wasn't it? So, which is, you know, that just goes to show, obviously, that people were recognizing that you were making a bit of an impact. Um, and uh, you, you mentioned, obviously, you, you were, or you still are, very young. And um, Did you find that your age was at all a hindrance or were people pretty open to um, sort of working with you guys, despite obviously being fairly sort of baby-faced? It, it, you know, I, it's sad to say, but but it was such a hindrance, um, and it still is. You know, we we Jordan and I are twenty eight now, and we've spent the majority of this year looking at how we can improve uh, our funding uh, and how we can diversify our product range, which normally means bringing on new funding providers. And you know, sitting in a lot of these big big bankers' offices and and family offices and you know whoever else it's kind of well you're, you're 28 what do you know you know you, you haven't got the gray hairs you haven't you haven't been through you know several recessions you haven't seen this you haven't seen that and so that that continues to be a hindrance and we've always tried to say well you know let let our loan book let our let our success rate on redemptions um let our internal processes do the talking there's only so much that jordan and i can can use our motor mouths to uh to convince the credit committee um but do you know what you, you mentioned the, the the awards that was huge for us um and you know that sometimes it's you look at awards and you think ah oh, well you know how how important is that and um you know what what, what does an award actually do it's just a, a trophy on a mantelpiece but um you know that was 2021 so albatross was only kind of a year in the making there and we were still you know 
at the time it was pretty much still Jordan and I in a garage and we won best newcomer in the industry so um we were dead chuffed and actually what happened then was we were kind of on the map a little bit more and we'd been badgering the doors of the big brokers saying give us a deal give us a try going into the office and then buying them all beers or whatever it was and you know six months later you review it and you've not had any deals or the ones you do get you know you just know are going to be impossible to do um, yeah we know that feeling <laughs> yeah yeah and and uh and, and the next day the phone starts ringing and it's these people that we've been trying to do business with for what was you know a good few years um because you know we'd had that recognition and you know you talk about reliability and trust well if we've won an award maybe we're doing something right and uh and, and again that was kind of the, the next leg up for us so you know that those awards were in september of 2021 and Q4 of 2021, we lent more than we did for Q1, 2 and 3 of that year. So um, the award was definitely great for us. And don't get me wrong, we've we've played on it hard and continue to. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's but, shining. But yeah, you know, yeah. Bling. But, you, but, but, but you're, but you're, you're, what do you say about age? It's, um, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a hindrance. But, you know, this is, this is a market that, is continuing to grow and continuing to become more dynamic. And there's always new entrants to, to the lender space. And there's always people trying to introduce new and exciting ways to what is a very traditional industry. And, you know, largely it's made up of, 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 of sort of industry fat cats and, and people that have been in the industry for, for, you know, a number of years and probably have banking experience or accountancy experience or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, we're still a very young team and um, we, we want to continue bringing in young people who, um, you know, can, 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 can bring a fresh and dynamic approach and work hard and, and grow with Albatross. Um, and, you know, it's the, it's, it's the new guys coming through that, that are going to drive this industry to, to, to new levels, we hope. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's, that's, that's been a big thing. That's been a big thing for us, but yeah, certainly it's uh, you know it's 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 not been it's not been easy. Yeah, I always wonder with with something like that, and when you go into those meetings um, and trying to get a new funding line or, or something of that sort of ilk, what when they sort of say, "Oh, you don't you you don't have enough experience," um, an interesting sort of question that I always wonder is, what do they expect to see? As in, what actual number do you need to hit how many years do you need to have had for them to then be comfortable with you like is it literally is it just a vibe they get um because i guess it's it's a tough one to to ask and if you were sort of starting again um let's say you had to do albatross 2.0 um what sort of things would you do differently sort of going forward now yeah sure so um, so I think, I think just, just to begin with, the, from the, the, the kind of, you know, being in front of the big, the funding providers and raising the money, um, it seems to be that what they want to see is depth in a team. And, you know, a lot of the time that can just come down to putting a, uh, putting an investor, you know, putting a, a presentation together and having the suitable amount of 
non-execs on the credit committee and the suitable amount of years of experience and um, you know domain knowledge and experience on the investor deck and sitting around the boardroom table. And I think we all know that a lot of these non-execs and kind of outsourced um, figureheads don't actually do an awful lot in terms of the day-to-day running of the business, but it satisfies credit committees from from the large funding providers. Um, so that's something that, to be honest, we've looked at. And actually, um, Kevin Cook, who is still remains our chairman, um, has been a really supportive, not only private investor for us, but someone that, that came on when we were finding it difficult a few years ago, having just retired as senior audit partner of BDO, um, to, to basically come in and provide the banks and the institutions with that level of certainty that we know what we're doing. Um, and, you know, being from a corporate background, what he was able to do, which has, you know, to be honest, enabled a lot of our funding is sort of the internal processes and systems and controls of the business. Um, so, you know, from CRM systems to strict kind of underwriting regimes to even down to how we, uh, how we work with our employees and ultimately how we hire. Um, he's been sort of integral in providing that sort of corporate approach uh, to help Jordan and I, who ultimately have always basically came out of school and just wanted to do everything on our own the whole time. So uh, it's good to have the balance um, at management level. Um, but also from a funding point of view, where we've struggled over the years is that, you know, we, we've not ever had the, the cash levels in the business to to be able to sort of stump up the equity requirements that go alongside the, the senior debt providers. Um, so, so, so Albatross 2.0, there's not a lot I would change just because I think we've come such a long way on our own, almost as the, as the two of us and kind of done things differently to the norm. You know, most lenders come in, they've already got a big pot of cash. Um, they've already diluted themselves down in terms of their equity involvement in the company. And they've gone out and raised cash and everything, you know, from, from actually getting money out the door is pretty straightforward. For us, we've kind of kind of came arse ended into it in that we kind of set up a lender without any money. <laughs> Um, it's kind so, of a key thing with, yeah, with most lending. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so don't get me wrong. There's ways we could have catapult, catapulted ourselves up the charts in a in a shorter space of time. Um, but you know, we kind of made our mistakes and and learned our lessons on such a small level that we've able we've we've kind of been able to to grow kind of grow it slowly but surely um, to a position where now actually we are being taken more seriously from funding providers. But yeah, 2.0 albatross would probably mean more people at management level from day one, slightly more capital input from day one. And for Jordan and I to bite the bullet and dilute ourselves down from an equity shareholding point of view, to basically bring in some deep pockets that that would then unlock the key to the, you know the institutional funding from you know fr- from a, from from an earlier point. 
Yeah, it sounds as though obviously the, the position you're in now is is probably favorable to that in the sort of short to you know medium term to long term. It's if you have that majority sort of position still, obviously as you grow. Mm. As what is the the sort of end game? Are, are you sort of looking to do this for a long time or grow it to a point where you can potentially get bought out or are, are we you're not thinking of that just yet? <laughs> No, we're not. I mean, you know, I think I think what excites us is that, you know, we're 28 years old. We've now been lending for give or take five years. Um, we like to think we know what we're doing, but we're still learning every single day and we're still building new relationships every single day. And you know, even you know, looking at looking at the competition, looking at the market, looking at the size of the market and the you know for us we're, we're you know we're, we're kind of straightforward bridging lenders we don't do anything particularly different or um kind of revolutionary at this stage bar you know service but that only takes you so far so the fact that albatross still only operates in such a small segment of the specialist finance industry what excites us is that actually you know our kind of one, three, five-year goals um, are very much to increase product offering, grow the team, expand the book, expand the the, the funding available to us um, so that eventually we can kind of bring our brand and our approach and um, our kind of speed and service to other areas um, that, that we're not currently operating in. Um, and to be honest, for us, it's kind of there's no there's no exit plan. You know, we we would, you know, twenty years time, we're still going to be fairly young men, and by that point, we hope that you know we'll have one of the biggest, if not the biggest, specialist lending business in the uh, in the industry. That's the goal, to be honest. There's no uh, there's no exit route or capital event for us. It's how big can we grow this thing. I like the sound of that. And <laughs> I'm sure if someone came up and if anyone's listening has a billion pounds that they want to buy Albatross, they, I would imagine you, <laughs> that might sway some things, but it could be worth a lot more than that. You never know how things go. Um, hey, look, we, I'm always I'm always open to offers. Yeah. Um, we've talked a lot about you and obviously I'm conscious of the time and I, I want to make sure we sort of touch on what Albatross does a little bit more as well, just so if anyone is listening, um, are you able to uh, give people a, I know you, you touched on it right at the beginning, but a little bit more flavor and maybe some quick examples of some of the deals that you guys are, are taking on at the moment and sort of where you are rate wise and, and loan to value, et cetera. Yeah, sure. So firstly, um, we, we've maintained fixed interest rates throughout the, the chaos of the last six to nine months. I think it's important, uh, or we certainly find from, from our sort of borrower base, the importance of solidity of funding and solidity of the cost of that capital um, is more important than ever. So um, sort of what, what Albatross has always tried to do is listen to the market and, and adapt and provide what that what the market wants at that particular time if that makes sense so um for, you know for us in october when the mini budget came out we introduced a new product called the 48 hour rescue bridge that was a time when the the again the market was was pretty volatile and 
interest rates were going up rapidly and funding lines were being pulled or cost of capital was changing. And therefore, specialist lenders naturally had to adapt their pricing or pull out of transactions in the 11th hour or whatever it might have been. So what Albatross's 48-hour rescue bridge effectively delivered um, was if you're in a transaction and you're buying a property you know, tomorrow and all of a sudden your finance has been pulled because of our ability to move so quickly. And at that point, you know, naturally legals are, uh, are hundred percent there. The valuation has been carried out. Everything's kind of in place. We have the ability to step in and complete that transaction for you on time to risk, you know, charges or, or losing the property or whatever it might be. So what Albatross tries to do is, is kind of just bring as say, the young dynamic rapidly quick um transparent approach to bridging finance unregulated bridging finance um we're, we're not we, we don't do anything drastically different you know we're not the cheapest we're not the most leveraged um we don't you know we we, we don't take unnecessary risks on asset classes we don't touch on commercial property all that much although it's something that we are pushing a lot more at the moment um but if you're looking for kind of good solid transparent bridging finance up to 75 percent loan to value interest rates at the moment are ranging from 0.85 to 0.95 percent per calendar month so again as interest rates have continued to go up. We were kind of always slightly more expensive, but I think we've sort of maintained our cost of our, our cost of capital um, kind of pretty much where it's always been. So the market's kind of caught us up from a price point of view. So now I would say we're we're pretty competitively priced at that level, um, and we'll we'll fund anything from seventy five k up to ten million pounds. Um, we've always been well-renowned for our smaller transactions, um, being Albatross Capital, a lending hand to help you spread your wings. Um, we created a, a specialist product called Mini Wings uh, in the early days, which was loans from 75K up to 250K, um, sort of deal sizes that a lot of brokers and a lot of lenders can't be bothered with a hassle with. And, you know, it's more, it's, it, it's more of a pain for them to do it than not to do it. But so we came in, you know, that, that smaller end we're very good at. We're very competitive from a price point of view, uh, as well as speed and, and leverage. Um, but in more recent times, we've stepped into the larger deals. Um, we like to think we're very good at second charges. Um, we do everything ourselves in terms of obtaining consent and dealing with the borrower's uh, first charge provider and doing all the administration from that side to take that away from the borrower and the broker. Um, and uh we also do a lot of kind of um complex offshore structures um third party first charges things like that um so there's an element of quirkiness but it's it's always been the the ease and sim simplicity of dealing with albatross uh that has that's kind of enabled us to become a, a market leading brand in bridging finance um we all we also offer uh, refurbishment finance, so um, light, heavy refurb, up to 70% loan to cost. 
and that's you know factoring all costs into the scenario everything from build costs to professional fees to the purchase price or the current valuation uh, of the property at that time um and we'll offer drawdown drawdown tranches kind of throughout the transaction uh, in accordance with the uh, the success of the project throughout uh, as i say what we don't do is lend on land and we don't currently offer ground up development although that might be changing quite soon mm. well that's an interesting little um because i was going to ask you mentioned earlier obviously expanding your products is something you want to do um and development one is a, a good one um and it is very difficult especially at the smaller end there, there isn't many players in there um and I, I guess from you say you're not the cheapest and you're not the you know you don't go to the highest loan to values and everything but do you find that a lot of the sort of brokers come to you because they need that sort of certainty because we definitely find that um with our lending that it is that it isn't all about the price always sometimes it is and that's absolutely fair enough but when somebody has to do it and i guess your 48 hour rescue uh, sort of product was just to, exactly for that that people don't want to muck about they just want to get it get the money get it done and then they can actually crack on making money with with the, their project that's it i think you know in the market post october we definitely think has shifted i think there's less of an importance now on the price because competitors you know based on where cost of capital to a lot of our lending peers has gone they're not able unless they're running at a loss they're not able to 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 drive rates down into the floor so it's definitely sort of leveled the playing field from a rates point of view and you know given what's happened in the last six to nine months um brokers particularly uh, as you say are looking for reliability it, it's it's the most important thing you know you talk about on, on, on a cost of capital, you're talking about, you know, no more than 50 basis points a lot of the time. And if that's the difference between a broker being able to call the Albatross office and get a solid answer and know that they're going to deliver the funds in a week's time and everything's going to be hunky-dory, you know, that, that's worth 50 basis points, you know, all, all day. So, um, so, you know, that's the big thing for us. And it, it takes time to build that trust and build those relationships with the brokers. And it also takes proof of concepts and things like winning the awards as i say that that kind of puts you on the map and lets people give you a go and you know every every time every time we do a transaction i think we we uh we you know we we only further build our relationships with our brokers because we just do what we say we're going to do which is which is a bizarre kind of selling point because that should be pretty standard but yeah, we seem sadly. to be in an industry where, yeah, we seem to be in an industry where that's uh, becoming becoming rarer and rarer. So, uh, so yeah, just doing what you say you're going to do, and doing good business, and being honest. And you know, from the from the outset, we we often lose business because a deal will come in, and we'll be honest, and we'll say, do you know what? We're not going to get to seventy five percent, or we're not going to be it here. We're not going to do that. But what we can offer you is this, this, and this, and you can have the funds by Tuesday next week. And, you know, from from sort of under-promising and over-delivering, eventually it works in your favour. But the amount of business that, that we turn away from being honest, that they go to another lender who promises the world, and then all of a sudden that deal comes back on your desk a week later, and the clients ended up spending more money because they're now delayed on their transaction and they've, you know, they're paying two, two times professional fees or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. 
you know that's 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 what we find so um yeah you know it's not the most exciting model we'd all love to pick up the phone to inquiries and, and say yes and agree to to everything that's that's being proposed um but the point is we know exactly where we're going to be and because we make our own lending decisions and everyone in the firm is on the same wavelength you know we're not you know, an agreement in principle is as good as credit back terms as far as we're concerned. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's kind of where we are. And I think it's always important that as we grow and, you know, the sales force grows and, um, you know, naturally salespeople want to get money out the door and they want to keep their brokers happy. It's, it's so important to, to under-promise and over-deliver. There's probably so much more that we could obviously talk about. Um, and I've got you know, as you're talking, more and more questions are coming up, but obviously I'm conscious of sort of keeping you for for too long. And it is 30 minutes in finance, not an hour and a half in finance. So <laughs> we'll, we'll have to, to get you back on at some point, if that's all right. But um, what I, I was kind of wanted to get to, obviously, because we've kind of had a, a good feel of what you guys are up to. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, where's the, the best place to go sure firstly apologies 30 minutes is uh the way i ramble on it's it's never long enough um <laughs> but, it's, it's uh, interesting so if it's 45 minutes of interesting stuff it's you're, you're <laughs> excused sure well in terms of getting in contact with us um it's it's best to look at our website and go to to the contact us page um we're all we all work from the office every day we don't operate particularly from the working from home environment so uh, you can always catch us in the office um, you can email us call us and uh, one of us will be straight straight onto it um, we also like to think we have quite a good LinkedIn presence so you can find all of the team on LinkedIn and uh, send us a message and we'll be happy to assist uh, with, with whatever it is Perfect. And I'll, I'll make sure I've got all the links to the website, etc. in the, the description below um, and on the side for, for Spotify and everything. Um, one last thing that we like to do on the podcast, which is a, a new thing that we're doing, is we ask a question based off um, what our last guest was. Um, and the last guest we had on was a, a recruiter. Um, and they recruit specifically in the lending space. Um, and I just wanted to, to go, sort of get your feel for, obviously you've got a few members of staff um, at the moment. What is the, the sort of, how easy is it to hire? Or are you actively hiring at the moment? And how easy was it to get your staff considering obviously your, your relatively new business and everything? yeah um it is it is it's a difficult thing it's a it's probably the most difficult thing that that we're faced with to be honest um i know that since covid there's been a bit of a shift in terms of how people like to work and want to work and from people spending so much time at home and committing to to, to various bits and bobs you know in their local area people like to work from home and um you know the big thing the big challenge that we've been faced with one is the lack of, of, of good candidates in this sector um versus the, the the demand from lending companies so naturally the supply and demand gap has driven 
uh, wages to to new levels, which some of them are, are pretty crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, but but more so, it's you know Albatross. The the big thing that we try and install into the business is a culture that people want to come into the work. You know, want to come into the office. They want to help grow the business. They share our passion and our vision. Um, and everyone gets along well and everyone enjoys being in the office. Um, so where we've struggled is that everything from junior admin right up to senior underwriters is that people want the flexibility of being able to work from home two, three, four days a week. Um, so for us, the difficulty is, well, how do we build a team and a culture of people that want to stay with albatross from now right up to, to to sort of peak growth if people aren't all in the office getting stuck in and you know for us particularly because of our service levels a deal will come in and it will bounce around the office and and everyone gets involved and stuck in and that's how we're able to to dish terms out and and know where we're going to be and offer that reliability if someone's working from home and they're out on a dog walk or you know, a deal comes through on an email and a credit paper gets lost in transition or whatever it might be. Um, you know, it's that, it's it, it, it's kind of that, um, I suppose, I'm not sure what the word is, but, but, but for us being, for us all being together in the office and working together and, and creating that culture is a big thing for Albatross and its growth. So definitely the challenge from, from a recruiting point of view is finding people that want to come into the office you know at least four days a week yeah which uh, as that was basically what the recruiter said was the the challenge of of her job was actually trying to get lenders to give that little bit of flexibility because just everybody wants it um like my position is is 100 percent remote um yeah and it, you're right you know you it takes a lot longer to get to know somebody when it's just an hour phone call a day, you're just discussing business. Um, and obviously once you've been here sort of there long enough and you, you've got that relationship, it's absolutely, you can trust the person yeah. to crack on with it maybe, but yeah, when That's you're it. sort of growing and, and rapidly growing, um, I can see where, you know, you, you're paying them a lot of money. <laughs> you want to make yeah. sure you've got a, a tight sort of rein in um, just to make sure it's being well spent. Um, but That's it. and it's, particularly the younger guys i mean you know we, we've got an office in the heart of soho you know the the world's happening around us we you know we work hard and we play hard and uh you know we 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 like to work hard during the day and we're more than happy to to go out for, and share a drink with uh with the team you know on an evening so it, it's kind of just having that kind of work life social balance where everyone gets on and 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 sees a big picture but able to have a good time along the way um that that's what we're all about and uh, as i say for the young guys learning the trade and, and being in a new industry and, and and picking things up it's so important to be in the office um but i do understand that for the more experienced folk with slightly more you know responsibilities at home and whatnot there needs to be an element of of uh, of flexibility but it's a challenge yeah no, I agree. It's it's a, a very fine line as well. For and so it suits some people and it doesn't others. Um, but on that note, I, I want to thank you obviously for your time. Um, I would say the 
the the the the importance of the borrowers solicit the, the 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 importance of the quality of the borrower's solicitor and what that what that does in terms of kind of steering enabling a transaction if that makes sense yeah no that's a you very know, so, good question so, so often our, our borrowers use you know they'll, they'll they'll use their solicitor that that did their grandmother's will and they you know they come on and they've been in the they've been working for the family for years and all of a sudden a set of finance documents come through and uh you know a deal needs to happen in two weeks but the borrower solicitor only works on a thursday and has never <laughs> dealt with bridging finance before and yeah it's impossible to to, to it's to, not to, happening in two get... days <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah so the what what the quality of the borrower's solicitor does in terms of enabling a transaction would be my question. No, that is perfect. And and thank you for that. And obviously, once again, thank you ever so much for your time. I've kept you a little bit longer than um, was planned, but <laughs> thanks so much, Not Lewis. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no, likewise. Thank you. It's been good to chat.